Uh, if, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 12 this morning. If you would, stand for the reading of the word this morning. Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to start at verse 25 this morning. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us in, uh, from heaven? At the time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire." Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just thank you this morning for your word. And Lord, I pray that you would help us as we apply it this morning. Give me the words to say, Lord Jesus. And Lord, I pray that you give me an anointing. And when it's time to be quiet, you let me be quiet. I pray this in your name. Amen. You may sit. So Hebrews this morning, it has uh, the passage has two different things that I want to talk about which I'll probably talk about more than those two things, but uh, there's, there's two main things that, that I want to I point out this morning is that as Hebrews begins to close, uh, it, it really starts to close with chapter 12. If you read chapter 13, he's, he's going down and he's listing some stuff that, <coughs> that are reminders for, for this, this, uh, uh, these people here, that there's, there's different things that, they, that they've got to do, that they... Uh, some uh, keep on loving one another, just kind of some encouragement here and there. Do this, do this, make sure that you're not doing this. And then, and then it closes as, as, uh, as a letter usually would. Uh, pray for us. Uh, we are sure that we have a clear conscience and desire to live honorably in every way. And, and so uh, it, when, we, when we look at Hebrews, uh, when it starts to close, it starts to close toward the end of chapter 12. And so everything is getting tied up right here at the end in chapter 12. There's a warning that comes, and then there's an encouragement that comes as well. And I think that we should take both of these to heart. The, the first one that comes to mind is, um, do not refuse him who speaks. Do not refuse him who speaks. Now, I, I looked up this word here for speaks. Uh, what does this mean in Greek? Very complicated. It means speaks. It, I always get a little disappointed. I'll be honest with you when I, when I think, okay, maybe this has a little bit more deeper meaning of a word. And then I look and I'm like, it means the exact same thing. Why? That, that it, sometimes it's disappointing. But one thing that, that we find about this word speaks here is that it's not used in secular language. It's always used in uh, any kind of religious language, specifically in Scripture. Uh, it has no secular uh, meaning, the word speaks already. Now, there's around about 12 to 15 words. I forgot how many I counted. I know it's more than 12 uh, words for speaks in the Greek language. And, and so um, just kind of keep that in mind that this is, uh, uh, really pertains to when God himself speaks, 
or someone gives uh, religious correction, or if, if a disciple speaks to the people, that, that type of thing. Uh, it always comes down to that. Now, uh, uh, I watched this show on TV called Court Cam, or I watch it on YouTube, Court Cam. And you, you, uh, it has uh, different uh, courtrooms across the country, and you can watch the drama go on in the courtrooms. I've seen, I've seen a, a, like a defendants, they get mad at their lawyer, and they punch their lawyer, and, and, uh, and, and then they get taken to jail, and, and just all kinds of drama like that. But there's this one court cam episode uh, that comes from Kentucky. They, they have quite a bit in Jefferson County. A lot of stuff goes on in Jefferson County in the courtrooms. Very interesting. But this one, I believe, was Boyle County that this came from. And the judge, it started the new year, and, and he comes in, and he's telling everybody. And, and it's almost like his, his attitude changed. He was trying to speak to somebody, and they just kept talking over him and talking over him. And so he picked up the gavel, and he, and he bangs it down on the, on the desk, and he says, he says, I want everybody in the courtroom to listen up right now. When I speak, you best be listening. When I speak, you best be listening. Now, uh, uh, just a side note here. His conduct actually got him... Uh, uh, he went before the judicial board over that outburst. But I thought it was, I thought it was a very interesting way of saying that... Uh, when I speak, you must, must be listening. So when, when God speaks, it's best that we listen. Amen? Uh, do not refuse him who listens. The warning here is that when God listens, we speak. And there's several different ways that God speaks to us. Uh, he speaks to us through his word. Uh, we know that scripture reveals the purposes, the character, and the plans of God. It reveals his character. Who is he? Uh, who is he to us? What is his attributes? Is he love? Is he, is he goodness? Is he, uh, does he have wrath? Does he have anger? What makes him have wrath? What makes him have anger? What, what makes him have goodness toward us? What makes him have love toward us? And, and what is his expectations for us? And then it talks about his purposes here. Uh, what is his purpose between his relationship with humanity uh, uh, before the fall? And what is his purposes with humanity after the fall? And then it talks about his plans. Well, what is his plan to restore this relationship between him and humanity? Now, now see, the one thing that I often think that we for, forget is that, is that um, we don't have to go and create a plan in order to have a relationship with God. We don't have to go and, and, and say, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, and therefore, because I've done all this stuff, and I've, and I've done it almost like I've done this service for him, I've, I've uh, put things in place for him, I've given a lot of money to the church for him, I've served in the hardest children's church because the pastor's kids are in there, uh, uh, Tom, uh, uh, for him, and, and, and just, just think that... that uh, 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 sometimes we do that in our lives. We go through and we say, I've done all these things and it's all been for him. And so surely he will see me and he will know me. And, and therefore, because I've done all this stuff for him, he'll give me salvation and he'll love me. 
But Scripture reveals his plan for salvation, his plan to restore this relationship. Here's the thing. You don't have to work for God to like you. He provides a plan through Jesus. Amen? This morning, if you're, if you're, in, that, if you're in that boat this morning and you're saying... You know, I've just been working and working and working so that he'll like me, so that he'll love me, to show approval. Know this morning that success does not come because of what you do or, or the check marks that you make. It comes because he's already loved you. And he loves you because we know this because Scripture says that he loves you. We know this because he sent Jesus, his son, to die for you on the cross. Quit the checklist. Walk into his presence. Commune with him. We, we know that he speaks to us through scripture. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.16 says this. It says, all scripture is God-breathed. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You want to know how to live? He's told you how to live. If you've got a problem going on in your life, chances are he's told you how to deal with it. If, you've, if you need encouragement, he provides encouragement. If, if, uh, if you say, well, I don't know if this is from the Lord because James tells us to test the spirits. So you say, you say I don't know if this is the Holy Spirit telling me to do this or if this is me doing this or, or if Satan's telling me to do this. Go to Scripture. What God's telling you to do will not contradict Scripture. You know, that's how we get cults. We get cults because they add to the Word of God. They subtract from the deity of Jesus. They multiply the requirements of salvation. And then they divide the church. They add to the Word of God. They say that well, God says to do this, this, and this. Well, Scripture says that, and he doesn't say that. We have to justify it with Scripture here. He speaks to us through, through the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit comes to, to uh, Jesus says, he, before he ascends into heaven, he says, uh, he says uh, I'm going to send you another of the same. Now, we would think about, it's called, uh, the, the word there is paraclete uh, or parakletos. And it means this, it means another of the same. And so we would look at that and we would be like, was Jesus talking in circles here? What does another of the same mean? It means that, that uh, uh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So meaning that, that the Holy Spirit is, is, is among, uh, among us. The Holy Spirit is among us that corrects us and, and guides us and points us to Jesus, the one who died on the cross to save us from our sins. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. You know, the Holy Spirit brings knowledge and wisdom at just the right moment. I uh, I talked to this guy one time. He owned a uh, kind of like a handyman business, and uh, I don't know if he should have been in a handyman business, but he owned a handyman business, and and he would uh, he would he told me one time he says I was doing this job this week, and uh, I got ready to. 
to fix something, and I had no clue how to fix it. And I prayed, and the Lord gave me wisdom and the knowledge to put it together. Amen. He got paid. <laughs> the Lord gave him the knowledge to do the job that he needed to do. I don't know how many times I, 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 uh, we can say that, and I'm sure you've been in this situation too, where you've just been like, Lord, I don't know what to do in this situation. I don't know what to do with this part of my life. I don't know what to, I don't know how to handle this stuff that's going on, but Lord, you do. So give me the wisdom and the knowledge that I need to go forth and do it. For parents, parenthood comes with no book, very little directions. By the way, did you know that they're training people in the hospital now how to take care of babies? Before they, this is how you pet them. This is not pet them, <laughs> burp them. This is how you <laughs> don't go to that hospital. <laughs> this is how you burp them. This is how you change them. They're, they're teaching people how to do all that basic stuff now, and before they even let them go out of the hospital. And and uh, one thing that I think is interesting with parenthood is that sometimes you have to pray, Lord, I have no clue what I'm doing. But you do. So give me the wisdom and the knowledge that I need to do it. And you know, he's always faithful. Whether, whether it's parenthood or putting a part together or life. He's always faithful. The Holy Spirit brings about correction and conviction to people. This is how he speaks to us too. We've, we've kind of been conditioned to think that conviction is a bad thing. Uh, because uh, because uh, we, we would often think that conviction means that, that hey, you're an awful sinner and you need to get down at the altar and repent. But I think what conviction is, is that it means that we have a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit uh, uh, comes and, and, and kind of nudges us and say, hey, you're not supposed to be doing that. Or, hey, you need to apologize to that person you talked ugly to. Or, or hey, <laughs> one time this happened to me, the Holy Spirit said, hey, you didn't leave a good tip at that restaurant. You need to go back. I tip well now. That's embarrassing. I don't know if you knew that, but that's embarrassing. Going back, the Lord told me, I cheated you. Here's some more. Sometimes conviction is, hey, Holy Spirit's done this to me too. Hey, you need to get over yourself. You're full of it. Amen? Sometimes the Holy Spirit says, your actions are not Christ-like. Here's how you can change. The Holy Spirit infills people so that they can live out a lifestyle of worship and holiness. Hebrews tells us that without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And, and I think that holiness, if we were to give holiness a, a more uh, approachable definition, it would be this. Holiness is our pursuit toward being more like Jesus. Holiness is our pursuit to be more like Jesus. And, and, I, and I think that, that when the Holy Spirit infills us, it helps us to be more like Jesus. To live like Jesus, to think like Jesus, to interact with people like Jesus would. 
to love like Jesus does. And I, and I sometimes think that it's... It, hear, hear me on this. I, I sometimes think that it's easy to say we can, we can tell people the gospel like Jesus wants us to. We can, we can come to church like Jesus wants to, uh, assemble together as the body of believers. We, I think sometimes it's easy for us to say, okay, I can give to this and I can give to that. But I think it's harder sometimes for us to say, I'm going to love this person that maybe is not the best acting or the most appropriate or even likable. Because that's what Jesus would do. Holy Spirit helps us with that. Holy Spirit helps us to have this lifestyle of worship. And, and, and worship is not just a three, four songs on Sunday mornings and maybe a couple of songs on Sunday nights. Worship is a lifestyle that we have as believers to, to say that in all things we, we say we worship you, Jesus. We worship you because you're the one that's worthy of worship. And it's an everyday thing. When you, if you pray for a meal, you're in an act of worship. You're saying, Lord, I worship you and I praise you because I'm not starving today. Uh, when, you, when you get up in the morning and you say, thank you, Jesus, for this day, you're saying, Lord, I worship and I praise you because you're the one who put the earth into existence. You're the one who breathed life in me for another day. Uh, when maybe your day is not going so great and you say, Lord Jesus, help me. It's an act of worship to say, Lord, I can't do it on my own, but here I am, Lord, you can do it and so work through me. It's a, it's a lifestyle of worship. Uh, the Holy Spirit uh, speaks to, or the, uh, God speaks to us through uh, the revelation of the Holy Spirit. And, and this, is, this is something that we're not really used to, I don't believe, at all times. Um, we're, we're told that in, in Muslim countries today, where the gospel is restricted, well, not necessarily Muslim, some communist countries as well, where the gospel is so restricted that people were coming to know Jesus because they had a dream about him in the middle of the night, and they were so afraid, and they were so, uh, just, just this burden come upon them that they knew that they had to follow the one that they saw in their dreams. What is that? That's the, that's the revelation of the Holy Spirit. Early on in ministry, I had this person come up to me. Um, I pastored a really weird church, and, and I had somebody come up to me, and they said, this is going on. You need to go, and you need to correct it right now. And I've learned that sometimes... The Holy Spirit leads us to let people know that, hey, you probably shouldn't do that. But I've also learned that if you go in without the Holy Spirit telling you to do that, then you're just going to blow up a big situation. So I learned that sometimes it's best that the Holy Spirit bring about revelation to people that they need to change. And, you know, I think that he's faithful to do it. I don't necessarily think that that is like, yeah, whatever. But I think that the intention is there that, that people would come to know him. We, we, uh, we hear God speak through other people, other believers. Testimony. Uh, one of the reasons that we have testimony in the church is this, is because uh, uh, testimony is important enough to, 
to, to, that you know another believer across the room could be dealing with something that you've dealt with and you're giving God praise for it. And now they have encouragement that, that God worked in your life and he can work in their life too. And, and, you know, I think this is interesting as well is that sometimes uh, uh, you, you, you pray and you pray and you pray and, and, and you get together in a, in a group and you start talking about, well, this is what Jesus is doing in my life and come to find out you've been praying the same thing this person's been praying and that person's been praying the same thing this person's been praying and now you can pray in agreement with each other. Isn't that, isn't that something? Through testimony, through sharing what God has brought you through, sharing where God is leading you, sharing the struggles of faith, and, and knowing that God can speak through your testimony. Do not refuse to speak to uh, do not refuse him who speaks. What about calling? What about calling? God's called you to do something. It's He's speaking to you and He's saying, Hey, you need to go do this. When God gives proclamation over your life, do not refuse. When he says go, do not refuse. When he says stay, do not refuse. When he speaks, do not refuse. There's a, there's a section here that, that talks about, uh, a, a passage that talks about... Um, If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? I always think about Noah. Noah's building the big boat, the big ship, and, and he's telling people. People can see it, and they're mocking him. The Lord is going to flood the earth. He's going to bring about judgment and it's been a flood, and they're just like, Noah, you're crazy. That's a lot of wood. That's a lot of work. Hadn't rained here in forever. What happened? They drowned. They were destroyed by the flood because they did not hear the warning to repent and come to him. We're warned by Jesus through the Holy Spirit of God's righteousness and called to holiness. We're warned by Jesus through the Holy Spirit of our sin. And the Holy Spirit always calls us to repentance. And there's consequences for refusing God and his word and his guidance and his direction. Do not refuse him who speaks. The encouragement to this passage is this, is that we are receiving a kingdom that is not uh, that cannot be shaken. Uh, go on to that next slide there. We're refusing a kingdom that... We are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And one thing that we have to realize is that it's indestructible. The kingdom of God is indestructible. That Remember in Matthew, it tells us the, the gates of hell will... Uh, um, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen? Uh, we, we're, we're told that there's this, this kingdom that's indestructible. It's solid. It holds firm because its foundation is built upon Jesus 
It's eternal, it's pure, it's holy, and it's perfect. Um, and, and because we know that we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, uh, the call here is to be thankful, to have acceptable worship with reverence and awe, and know that God is a consuming fire. What does that mean, God is a consuming fire? That means he'll take you deeper than you... Uh, if you want to go deeper with him, he'll take you deeper than you, than you want to go. As deep as you want to go, he'll take you. As deep as you want to go. It means that he'll consume your very being if you let him. It means that he'll bring about purification. It means that he'll set you ablaze for him. He's a consuming fire. The burning bush burned. It was on fire but it was not being consumed. The tongues of fire fell in the upper room, but they were not consumed. When the presence of God comes among people, it consumes them, and it fills them, and they go forth in obedience. Amen?